0: Let us turn now for our scripture reading to the book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings chapter 2. This is the word of the Lord. Come, let us hear God's holy word together. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord, Thy God, to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes, and His commandments, and His judgments, and His testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue His word, which He spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruah, did to me, and what he did do to the two captains of the hosts of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of jethro whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore, according to thy wisdom, let not his hoary head go down to the grave in peace, but show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite. Of Baharim, which cursed me with a grievous curse, in the day when I went to Mahanaim, but he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest that thou oughtest to do unto him, but his whorehead bring thou down. To the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years, seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. And Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and she said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover, I have something to say unto thee. And she said, Say on. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel set their faces on me, that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about, and is become my brother's. For it was his from the Lord. And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. And she said unto him, Say on. And he said, Speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king. For he will not say thee nay. and He give me Abishag, the Shunammite, to wife. And Bathsheba said, Well, I will speak for thee unto the king. Bathsheba therefore went unto the king's to king Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me, not nay.
1: And the king said unto her, Ask on. My mother, for I will not say thee nay. And she said
0: that Abishag, the Shunammite, be given to Adonijah, thy brother, to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, and why dost thou ask Abishag, the Shunammite, for Adonijah? Ask him for the kingdom also, for he is mine elder brother. Even for him, and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruah. Then King Solomon sware by the Lord, saying, God do to me, and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord liveth, which hath established me and set me on the throne of David my father, and who, hath made me an house as he promised. and Adonijah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehudiah, and he fell upon him that he died. And unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out, thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Then tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he turned not after Absalom. Joab fled into the tabernacle of the Lord, and caught hold on the horns of the altar. And it was told King Solomon that Joab was fled unto the tabernacle of the Lord, and behold, he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go fall upon him. And Benaiah came to the tabernacle of the Lord, and said unto him, Thus said the king, Come forth. He said, Nay, but I will die here. And Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus saith Joab, thus he answered me. And the king said unto him, Do as he hath said, and fall upon him, and bury him, that thou mayest Take away the innocent blood which Joab shed from me, and from the house of my father. The Lord shall return his blood upon his own head, who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he, and slew them with a sword, my father David, not knowing thereof to wit. Abner the son of Ner, captain of the host of Israel, and Amasa the son of Jethar, captain of the host of Judah, their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his seed forever. But upon David and upon his seed and upon his house and upon his throne shall there be peace forever from the Lord. So Benaiah the son of Jehoiada went up and fell upon him and slew him. and He was buried in his own house in the wilderness. And the king put Benaiah, son of Jehudiah, in his room over the host, and Zadok the priest did the king put in the room of Abiathar. And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Build thee an house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and go not forth thence any whither. For it shall be that on the day that thou goest out and passeth over the brook Kidron, thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. And Shimei said unto the king, The saying is good, as my lord the king has said, So will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days, and it came to pass at the end of three years two of the servants of Shimei ran away unto Akish, son of Makar, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, thy servants be in Gath. And Shimei arose and saddled his ass and went to Gath, to Achish, to see his servants. And Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And it was told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come again. The king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Did I not make thee to swear by the Lord, and protested unto thee, saying, Know for a certain on the day that thou goest and walkest abroad any whither, that thou shalt surely die, and thou saidest unto me, The word that I have heard is good. Why then hast thou not kept the oath of the Lord?" and the commandment that I have charged thee with. The king said, moreover to Shimei, thou knowest all the wickedness which thine heart is privy to, that thou didst to my David my father. Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. And King Solomon shall be blessed and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehudiah, which went out and fell upon him, that he died. And The kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Amen. So reads God's precious, infallible, inerrant, and sacred word. And may the Lord be pleased to bless the public reading of his precious word and the ministry of it to our needful souls here today let us draw near by faith let us pray and draw near to our God in heaven who hears prayer the congregation i'd like to turn your very prayerful attention to that passage that i read to you in first kings chapter 2 we began last week to study following our studies of first and second samuel we began to look at first kings which marks the beginning of the reign, or the end of David's life, which we see here in chapter 2, but the beginning of the reign of King Solomon as king. And One thing we notice in chapter 2 here is how very quickly Solomon dispatches of the true enemies of the kingdom. These men that are slain here will be executed, and rightfully so, as we will see and as we will consider this morning. Important lessons for us to learn, but also kindness to be shown to Barzillai and his family. And you will note in the book of Ezra and also Nehemiah that Barzillai and his sons were an honorable, a godly people. So enemies to be destroyed here. Solomon, of course, sets forth and is a Uh, foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus. Did the Lord Jesus not say, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The Lord Jesus was not ashamed of Solomon. Certainly Solomon had his sins. He certainly had his faults. But he was most wise. And as I say, you see how quickly he dispatches of his enemies here. And even David acknowledges the wisdom that Solomon has even at this early time here, as he begins to take over as king. We are not given an exact age when Solomon became king, but more than likely, the best scholars suggest, if you look at the surrounding fact, Solomon is somewhere around 20 years old when he begins to reign as king, as early as that, very young. He, in fact, will tell us in the next chapter that he is but a child, but a youth, very young. You consider the years that David reigned, 40 years, as we read in this passage, and uh, it's been some time now, and now in the will of God, Solomon will take charge as he is the anointed of the Lord to be king. So we want to learn some lessons from this particular chapter this morning, and the first thing I want to uh, glean with you in verses 1 to 4 is David's wise charge to Solomon, verses 1 to 4. Solomon is going to be made king. In fact, he is already been made king in the previous chapter. Remember when his brother tried to um, gather men together, including Joab and Abiathar, the priest, and, uh, well, he's not king, but Solomon is king now. Now, David is on his deathbed. And he gives some last words to Solomon. Look at verse 1 with me. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong therefore and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. To keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me, in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne. Of Israel, so that was God's promise to maintain this kingly line so long as there was honor to the Lord, so long there was a godly king. Now this we know continued much longer in the southern kingdom, but eventually they would have no king. Days of darkness. Israel in the north fell. But here we are in the days of David dying and Solomon, the great king, to take over. And there is a reminder here, first of all, from David, his father, a man after God's own heart, to be strong. He says, be thou strong. This is the first charge. Be thou strong. He says, why? Because I go the way of all the earth. This is just a way of saying that I'm going to the grave. David is reminding his son that you're going to see your father die. You're going to see me go and be put to the grave. You need to be strong. Why? Because I suppose we could say, Solomon, we know that he was loved of the Lord. We'll look at that in a moment. Solomon was loved of the Lord and Solomon knew the Lord. But Solomon was to be one that truly showed that he had faith in God, that there was hope beyond the grave. Be thou strong. And it's true, you can only be strong if you know that there is hope beyond the grave. The world has no hope. We don't sorrow like the world, do we? He was to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You remember, Solomon was also called Jedediah. He was named Jedediah by Nathan the prophet in uh, 2 Samuel 12, verse 24. We're told then he called his name Solomon And the Lord loved him. We're told there at a very early age. It seemed that the Lord had shown his love to Solomon, even at that very early age. And he was exhibiting great wisdom even then. David knew he was a special child, and we're told that also, and he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah, which means in the margin reading there you'll see, Beloved of the Lord. Solomon was beloved of the Lord. The Lord loved him. And it says that because of the Lord. But Solomon now, seeing his father going to die, he must be strong. Well, he must show the people that those who truly love the Lord have a hope beyond the grave. And the David who, as he expressed in that covenant, Even though he said, even though my house be not so with God, he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered and sure in all things. You see, the believer knows that while the body goes to the grave, he has a soul, and to be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. He says to his son, I go the way of all the earth. But of course, David could say in Psalm 16, if you just turn Then to Psalm 16, in verse 8, he says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. This is David, the inspired psalmist, the sweet psalmist. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. And David says, my flesh also shall rest in hope. And then he goes on to speak about the Savior that thou will not even leave thine holy one. David knew that his flesh would rest in hope, just like Job, even though the worms eat his body. And uh, Peter tells us, doesn't he, in Acts chapter 2, that David's body remains in the grave even to this point. But Solomon was to trust that David's soul would now be with the Lord. So as believers, we don't sorrow as the world sorrows. And he was to be strong at his father's death. It, it's a terrible thing, isn't it, when we see Christians despairing. And that's a bad witness, isn't it, to the world. And they might say, Well, be thinking, I may not say it, but where is your hope? Our hope is beyond the grave, the one who will call us from the grave. Be strong, not just in the Lord, but also, verse 3, in the Word. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, verse three, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments. Why? Well, that's again a reminder of what the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter four and the verse forty. Thou shalt keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee. Remember the Lord said the same thing to Joshua. Joshua, turn not to the left hand but to the right or to the right hand. But keep my word, and if thou keep my word, thou shalt prosper in all things. The Lord said to Joshua, in Joshua 1.6, Be strong and of good courage. And so on. He was going into a land of difficulty, Canaan. And the Lord said, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. So, there's the promise. And the promise is, if you do this, Solomon, the kingdom will be established. You see, God had promised to keep Israel. Notice the end of verse 4. There shall not fail thee a man on the throne of Israel. If a man will walk after God, God will bless the nation. But sadly, we know much later on, this was not the case with Israel or Judah. Secondly, you notice David's charge concerning Joab verses 5 and 6. Now Joab had brothers that were more honorable than him. But Joab proved to be a particular menace for David. Not all of the brothers were like Joab. But Joab and by the way was mentioned by one that there is a relation. It's his nephew. However Notice there's a particular charge here concerning Joab, verses 5 and 6. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab the son of Zeruah did. Some say Zeruiah did unto me or did to me. The first thing upon David's mind after giving Solomon this charge is a particular man. The first one that comes to mind... The David is one that has really done much harm, as we will see to David in his reign
1: as king. He says moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruah, did to me. What did he do? Well, the first thing is, remember when
0: and this was wrong, he was simply just disobeying the king's orders, and, and this is often what What Joab did, David was king, and God had put authority in David's hands, but often Joab undermined him. Now, we know that Absalom was a
1: guilty man, but David said to him, do not slay him. But uh, but, uh, Joab did slay him.
0: He disobeyed the orders. Contrary to David's orders, he slew Absalom. Secondly, we've seen it in this last chapter, how he adjoined himself with Adonijah. This is a mysterious
1: thing. David never announced that Adonijah would be king, and yet we find one of the priests here, Abiathar, Adonijah, joining together, and Joab is with them. Adonijah the son wants to be king. Joab defects. And it seems to join
0: with Adonijah. Not directly against David, but we could say he was undermining David because ultimately, David hadn't announced that Adonijah would be king. Solomon would be king. He always seems to be going ahead of himself. Thirdly, what did Joab do? He slew captains of the host of Israel. And that was a sin. The commanders of Israel's army, whether he felt it was right or wrong, that would be wrong, but unless the king issued that command to do so. Remember he slew, it's mentioned here, Abner the son of Nea, and then Amasa the son of Jetha. Now, of course, these men were sinners and did wrong. But they were David's army captains. And for Joab to slay them was undermining
1: David. And this is wrong. Loyalty to the king should come first. Reminds us, doesn't it, we
0: sometimes might feel it's right to do something. But if it's undermining, if it's undermining God-ordained leadership, it's wrong. Joab never had the right to take matters in his own hand. And This is the problem. He never seemed to be able to rein in Joab. Joab sometimes was a law to himself. And th- this is a wrong spirit. He should have submitted himself to the king. Joab, it seems, in all of these instances, was a person who was directly attacking the appointed leadership which God had placed David in. Joab was very hard to keep under control. And we have to be careful. There are people that can be like that, even in the church. You know, who are a a law unto themselves. You know, it seems that many times Joab would say, Yes, David, no David, three bags full, David. But he undermined David's authority. And there can be people like that. We have to be very careful. We have to watch our spirit. This is a wrong spirit. It's a very subtle spirit. And David never seemed to really have the wisdom as to how to deal with Joab.
1: But you know what? He tells us here, that Solomon knows how to deal with him. What does he say? Well, he he says,
0: as you read, verse 6, Therefore according to thy wisdom,
1: and let not his head go down to the grave in peace. David will, and he tells Solomon here, that he will deal
0: with Joab, he knows he will deal with him aright. And you will see, it's amazing. This chapter is amazing. How Solomon deals with all of these enemies that seem to be a thorn in David's flesh during his reign as king. Solomon has great wisdom. And he's a tremendous foreshadowing of Christ. And uh, it's really quite a passage Uh, that really exhibits the tremendous wisdom, and you'll see how even he deals with Abishai. Such a a striking irony, in the way in which he deals with some of these men here. Oaths that were sworn, and so on. Now, Solomon, it it already indicates here, if you notice verse 6, David knew that Solomon, even at this young and tender age, had tremendous wisdom. Do therefore according to thy wisdom. He knew he was not leaving the kingdom in the hands of a fool, but one that was even wiser than he, that would be able to dispatch with his enemies very quickly. see, Joab was a very crafty fellow and very subtle. He undermined. He was a smooth talker, but he will be no match for Solomon. No match at all. Solomon will make easy work of it. Dr John Gill writes David exhorts him to use the wisdom he had and take the first and fittest opportunity to cut him off for his firmer,
1: former murders and late treason as a dangerous man to his government and the peace of it. Now His brothers were better than him. Joab is a menace. A menace because very often what he did was for his own ends,
0: as Dr. John Gill will comment on and has commented on previously. I found it very helpful concerning Joab. Secondly, we notice David's charge to show kindness to the sons of Barzillai. Verse 7, but show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite. Let them be of those that eat at thy table, for they came to me when I fled because of Absalom, thy brother. Remember when David went over the other side of the brook Kedron and he was fleeing because of the rebellion of Absalom. And this man, Barzillai, he is such a wonderful character. This dear old man showed such kindness to David. Such generosity. And you know, when David was restored back to the king, kingdom, Barzillai, he said, he didn't want honor. He said, I have everything. He didn't want honor. He didn't do it for honor. And later on, as I said earlier, you can read of the sons of Barzillai in the book of Ezra and also in the book of Nehemiah. But Barzillai seems, it seems, to have passed by now because he says, Show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai. Perhaps the old man has died. But if he's died, he seems to be a godly man. He is with the Lord. He has his reward now, doesn't he? Barzillai didn't want reward in this life. But his reward is with the Lord. And the Lord never forgets, does he, these things. Thirdly, you'll notice the charge concerning Shimei. It's interesting.
1: Shimei, Remember, cursed David. And, uh, well, David swore himself to an oath. Now notice with me, verse 8,
0: And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, son of Girah, the Benjamite of Barum. Remember, he was of the household of Saul. And he accused David, do you remember, of Murder, a bloodshed of killing many of Saul's family couldn't have been anything further from the truth. David had shown kindness, and particularly to Mephibosheth. Even when Saul was going to kill him, he spared Saul's life. He never spoke an unkind word against Saul. David was always kind.
1: And then, you remember when David went over the Kidron. And uh, what did Shimei
0: do? He saw David on his own with a few men, and he came, he was on the hill, and he threw up dust in the air, and he was cursing David, calling him a bloody man, Second Samuel 16, a time when Absalom rebelled, and David was on the other side, crossed over the Kidron, and came back again. We read there in Second Samuel 16, verse 5, Shimei, the son of Gera he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and all the servants of the king and all the people and of all the mighty men who were on his right hand and on his left. And said, Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial, or vain man. That's what he cursed David with. He was effectively saying, all of this has come upon you now. Look, your son Absalom's rebelled against you because you basically have done all this to Saul's house. You're getting what you deserve. Well, what did David do when David was restored? Well, he was very merciful to this man. And uh, David swore on oath that he wouldn't kill him, that he wouldn't destroy him. We see how Shimei came literally begging for mercy. David didn't destroy him. Now this reminds us here, he says, I gave this man an oath. And David has kept it to this day. This tells us that oaths and covenants are very important, aren't they? We make a promise as Christians, we should keep it. David kept it. He kept the promise. But by the way, this oath is not
1: binding on Solomon. He tells Solomon now to destroy him. You notice, look at the verse 9. Now therefore hold him not guiltless,
0: for thou art a wise man, and thou knowest. Again, he's stressing the wisdom of Solomon. Thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou wilt
1: oughtest to do unto him. As we get to the end of the chapter, you'll see how Solomon in a very ironic way deals with this this man, Shimei. We'll get to that in a moment. But can we not appreciate here how David kept the oath. He swore to God. And friends, when we make an oath, we better keep it.
0: He kept his oath. But David says, now you're not binding to this oath in effect. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his head bring thou down to the grave with blood. Now he knew, and he's effectively saying to Solomon, this man is a
1: dangerous man. You can't afford as king to have somebody Slandering you. This is what this man was guilty of. Slander. Slander is a lie, isn't it? And uh, what did the Lord say? Every idle word comes from our lips.
0: will be condemned for. Now God takes slander very, very
1: seriously, doesn't he? We have to be careful of what we say about other people. Never utter
0: something that is false. That's what Shimei was doing. He was undermining David.
1: And he knew that this man would continue to undermine the house of David.
0: Matthew 12:36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men sh- shall speak They shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment.
1: Certainly Shimei here will be executed, we see at the end of the chapter. Now we notice David's
0: death, verses 10 to 11. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, that is over Judah, And thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem, that is king over all of Israel. And we have a little note there in Acts 13, how David served his generation. Acts 13 verse 36, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Now it's worth saying just a little something about David. David was certainly not a perfect man, but David loved the Lord. And as he said in Psalm 16, that his flesh would rest in hope. Because he knew that his soul, the moment he breathed his last, would go to be with God. But what was David's life? How could it be? What could be said of his life? It says he served his own generation. It's a question to ask for us. If you're a Christian, that's what you do. You don't serve yourself. You serve your own generation. Now, certainly had his faults. And in a sense, he paid for them, didn't he? Dearly. And we will. But let us, like David too, serve our generation. Now, you notice Solomon's reign, verse 12, then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Greatly and very swiftly, because this man has tremendous wisdom. Solomon takes no
1: nonsense, and he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Notice the death of the
0: first enemy, Adonijah. Maybe you might be thinking, well, Adonijah is not an enemy, but he is. And notice how it happens. Was there not a warning? In 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 52, was there not a warning to Adonijah? Have a look. And Solomon said, "If he will show himself a worthy man," and this is a message sent back to Adonijah, who's run away, who's fleeing, who wanted to be king. And Solomon said, "If he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth. But if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die." Now, wickedness is found. In Adonijah. So we come to this chapter. And Adonijah here, he approaches Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. And he asks for David's concubine, Abishak. And of course what happens? Bathsheba goes to David and asks him of this one thing. Verse 16. Notice how he asks. I want you to notice several things. First of all, you can see in this man there is Bitterness. What does he say? Adonijah the son of Haggath came to Bathsheba the mother of Solomon and she said, Come thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, "Say on." He said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine. He says it
1: was mine. And all Israel, their faces were on me. They favored me. They looked to me. And then he admits
0: here, the kingdom has been taken away from him. Well, it was never really his. He wasn't actually ever made truly king, was he? Maybe in his own eyes, but not in God's eyes, certainly not in David's eyes. And he acknowledges it that this kingdom becoming his brothers is from the Lord. The end of verse 15 And so we note here a a tone of bitterness and envy toward his brother. His brother now is king. And he asks the one petition and he says, deny me not, verse 16. Don't say no. Well, she says, say on. And of course he asks for Abishak, verse 17, the Shunammite, to wife. Now we could say much about the Shunammite. Uh, We won't say it here in this passage, but we'll save that for another sermon, the Shunammite. But you notice Bathsheba goes to King Solomon, and there's tremendous respect for him and him for her, and uh, well, the question is put to Solomon, and Solomon is, to say the very least, enraged at the whole idea, because he saw that in Adonijah asking for this concubine It was a claim to the throne. Because Abishag was viewed as a sort of secondary wife. And if Adonijah would have her, he could somehow claim throne. Really, it was treason at the heart. And he orders the execution immediately of Adonijah. Verse 23, Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me and more if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Remember the warning, the close of chapter 1? If he's an innocent man, he'll live. But if there is sin, if there is a harboring of bitterness, and if there's any treason found in him, it means death. And he calls for Beniah, the son of Jehadiah, to fall upon him. And he did so that he died, verse 25.
1: You see how Solomon, he sees the threat and he wastes no time with his
0: brother. This is why the, the kingdom is established so quickly because we could say it this way, men didn't mess with Solomon.
1: He meant business and he would take no threats. Fourthly, God's promise of 1 Samuel 2.31, that fulfillment
0: of that promise that was made to Eli, that that priestly line would cease. Abiathar is the priest. And remember, Abiathar defected to Adonijah. There's another priest at this time too, Zadok, and he stayed faithful to David. Verse 26, and unto Abiathar the priest said to the king, get thee unto Anathoth, unto thine own fields. And by the way, Anathoth is the same little town where Jeremiah the prophet came from, that little town. And uh, well, it's interesting here how he deals with him. Abiathar, he says, get to thine own town and uh, get thee to Anathoth, unto thy fields. He says, leave. Leave Jerusalem here, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. So we see that there. Then. Verse 28, and tidings came to Joab. Joab hears of the news that uh, Adonijah has been slain and uh, that Abiathar has been thrust out. And of course, he's fearing for his life because he knows this was wrong to turn after Adonijah. He knew that. And so he runs to the temple now the temple at this time in Second Chronicles one verse three uh, was in Gibeon. You can read that there. It was not in Jerusalem because remember Solomon is going to build the temple, the threshing floor of Aruna or Onan. So there he runs. Now it was told verse twenty nine that King Solomon to King Solomon that Joab had fled there and. Uh, He sends Benaiah to fall upon him, to slay him. And uh, Benaiah says, come out. He says, no, I'm going to die here. So the message gets back to Solomon. that uh, Joab refuses to move. He says, well, just slay him there. And that is exactly what happened. The king said unto him, verse 31, do as he hath said and fall upon him and bury him, that thou mayest take away the innocent blood which Joab shed from me and from the house of my father. And the the many things that I said that Joab had done. And the Lord shall return his blood, look at verse 32, upon his own head, who fell upon two men who were more righteous and better than he, and slew them with a sword. My father David, not knowing thereof to wit, Abner the son of Ner, captain of the host of Israel, and Amasa, the son of Jephthah, captain of the host of Judah. Their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his seed forever. But upon David and upon his seed and upon his house and upon his throne shall there be peace forever from the Lord. Now, of course, Solomon has to carry all this out because there will be no peace if he doesn't deal with Joab, there's going to be this constant threat, and he knows it. And so, Benaiah falls upon him, verse 35. And Zadok, the priest also, that he put place in the room of Abiathar. So, judgment on Shimei. And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Build thee in a house
1: in Jerusalem, and dwell there, and go not forth thence any whither. For it shall be that
0: in the day that thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron, that thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Now it's interesting here. We have the brook Kidron. It's the very place where David was, and he crossed over. Remember, and Shimei came and said to him, Well. Look at you David, you're a bloody man and all this basically has come upon you because of what you did to the house
1: of Saul. You're guilty. And he tells the same thing, he says, out the city and build
0: over the other side, over the brook Kidron. But, verse 37, it shall be on the day that thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron Thou shalt know for certain that thou
1: shalt surely die. Think of it. This man did some terrible things, didn't he? He cursed David. He accused David of false things.
0: David was merciful to him. David swore an oath to him, didn't he? David swore an oath and said, look, I won't slay you. But now Solomon makes him swear an oath. The, the wisdom of Solomon is tremendous here in, in that sense because this man, when he, he finds out he's got servants and they go missing, but he swore an oath that he would not leave and he would not cross over. But when he does so, he, you see, the point is he took the oath
1: lightly. Instead of thinking... David, the king, took an oath to protect him. He was never really
0: thankful for it. Because if he was thankful, he would have kept his own oath. I trust you follow what I'm saying. He would have kept his own oath. Because when we make an oath, it's to the Lord. And he doesn't keep the oath. His servants go missing. That's not just providence uh, in the sense of, well, These things just happen. That was of God. And that's the means by which, in God's providence, this man's death came. So when Solomon hears that this man took this oath lightly, and the proof is, he
1: went out looking. He could have sent others out. It wasn't an unreasonable oath, was it? It meant his own death. And so it was. Look
0: at the verse 44. The king said moreover to Shimei, Thou knowest all the wickedness which thine heart is privy to that thou didst to David my father. Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. You see, he knew right well David. And he he should have lived in the light of it, this man. He knew David. This man Shimei knew David did
1: not shed any blood of the house of Saul. And he defamed the name of David. If he was truly sorry, he would have kept that oath. And he would have walked humbly in his days. But he didn't. And he met with his own demise. You see? Sometimes even by our own words we'll be condemned. Let us live honorably before the Lord.
0: Scripture says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor.
1: You know, and, and, and that is true. Even it might be somebody you don't like. Personally, do not lie. If God cannot lie, we should never lie. You may not like somebody, but heaven forbid, friends if you lie.
0: Deuteronomy 19, if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both men between whom the controversy shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and judges, which shall be in those days, and the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then thou shalt do to him as he had thought to have done to his brother, you go back to what Shimei said when he was casting all the dust in the air.
1: He was wishing the death of David. You take a light, an oath lightly. You see, it proved that he never really was sorry. David was kind.
0: Now it reminds us as we we make a close as we seen this chapter, how Solomon deals with all of these enemies, how he dispatches with them so quickly. Wisdom, wisdom from above, and he knew that if if he didn't deal with them, it would be to his own demise. And it's true in the kingdom of Christ and in the church, we have to deal with sin in our own lives and in the lives of others. There can never be peace, there can never be rest. If sin remains unchecked in our own lives
1: and in the lives of others, wrongs need to be put right. But we look to the Lord, don't we? Never lied. Our hope's in Him. David certainly lied. Didn't he lie about Bathsheba? A lot of things in his life. Abraham
0: lied. But we look to one who, as Peter says in first Peter two, twenty two, who did no sin, and neither was guile found in his mouth. We look to the Lord Jesus, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, who lived for us, who died for us, he the just dying for the unjust, that he would bring us unto God. And if he has done that, don't we owe him a
1: debt of love? Look at Shimei. Where was his gratitude? He should have lived in the
0: light. David has been merciful. I have now sworn an oath to Solomon.
1: So long as he kept that oath, he would have been alive. But the fact that he didn't keep the oath proved that he was
0: never really sorry. Was he? He was never truly remorseful over his loose And light words. My friends, let us never be people of flippancy, of anger and malice. Often when we're angry, we say things
1: that are wrong. We say things in a rage. That is terrible, isn't it? But if we have said wrong things, if we have done wrong things, look to him in whose mouth there was no guile. There's your peace. Solomon couldn't make peace for sinners. But Jesus Christ does. Solomon must execute judgment. There will be peace
0: to a level. But there can be no true and lasting peace until the king of peace comes into the world. Jesus Christ making peace Through his blood, says Paul, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. And if that is the case, you will show it, my friend,
1: by a peaceable life. You will walk humbly and you will walk nobly, as I must, for his name's sake. Amen.